Veritas, welcome to our equipping podcast. We're glad that you're listening, and we got an interesting topic to talk about this month. It's the Christian and conflict. How should Christians handle conflict? Going into the holiday season, this may be something that's really practical right now for you, and we hope this is helpful for you. So I'm here with Michael uh, Rhodes, and we got a special guest with us, Mark Arendt, who leads down in Iowa City. And guys, we're going to jump right in because we got a lot to talk about. First question, when it comes to conflict, uh, before we get into maybe what the Bible says and how it directs us, what are some ways or different ways that people tend to handle conflict poorly? I know for me personally, it's uh, just defensiveness. Um, when you encounter somebody that comes to you, hey, you've done this. No, no, I didn't do anything like that. That wasn't what I was going for. Or you just, just arrogantly get defensive rather than listening. And then on the other side, kind of denial. So not only trying to defend your reputation in the conflict, but completely denying it. Like, no, I didn't do that. That's not, that's not me. Yeah, I would say we enter conflict that is not ours. Mm. I think that's a huge way that we handle conflict poorly is we, when conflict is between two people, we get involved and we shouldn't be. Uh, you think about, when I think about conflict, it's, there's unavoidable conflict and avoidable conflict. And so I think we, we often uh, get involved in avoidable conflict. Hmm. So or I think it's not necessary. We don't be. We don't need to be. We don't have to get it. I, I mean, you think of the proverbs where it says uh, twenty six seventeen, like one who grabs a stray dog by the ears is someone who rushes into a quarrel, not their own. So I think we we get involved in things. Um, imagine a massive con- like family conflict that you're stepping into. This, you know, Thanksgiving last week or Christmas coming up. You know, maybe it's a divorce or inheritance or politics and we jump into it and you know of course everyone has that that crazy aunt or uncle who's gonna pull the pin on mm. the trump or biden grenade and roll it into the room you know with a with a hot take on <laughs> on some issue and and everyone's gonna just you know take sides and you either you know laugh at them or mock them or whatever and that's that's an example of avoidable conflict. Mm. And so unavoidable conflict would be where Jesus says, I didn't come to bring peace, but division, mm. to separate you know, a mom against a daughter, mm. a father against a son, that kind of family conflict that comes from the fact that you're following Christ. I mean, uh, you know, 1 Peter 4, um, where he says, he says, uh, uh, these people are surprised that you don't join them in the same flood of wild and uh, living, and they slander you. Uh, so they, they look at your new life in Christ, and, and you no longer join with them, mm. you know, in the drinking party or whatever. And, and that's, that's unavoidable conflict. Yeah, so when you have, like, avoidable conflict, like there's wisdom to... Or you have people that just try to stir up conflict yeah. for conflict's sake. Do you think that a bad way of handling conflict is avoiding conflict? Or when is it wise to avoid conflict? And when is it maybe yeah. negative to avoid conflict? Yeah. Well, I, I, was, I was just looking at the Proverbs and, and thinking about this. So think about these Proverbs, uh, twelve sixteen. Fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. So this idea of... Well, just can, if, 
uh, Proverbs 15, 18, a hot-tempered person stirs up conflict, but the one who is patient calms a quarrel. Starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam, so drop the matter before a dispute breaks out, Proverbs 17, 14. 1911, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. 23, it is to one's honor to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. 2022, do not say I'll pay you back for this wrong. Wait for the Lord and he will avenge you. I think that that one of the ways we demonstrate that we trust God and not ourselves is avoiding conflict. Because a lot of conflict comes down to, I need you to know that I'm right. Hmm. And so I think that when we entrust our injustice or we trust our uh, demand to be right to the Lord, it demonstrates that we're trusting Him and not ourselves to sort it out. And Hmm. so I think a lot of conflict comes from that, like, I need to be right. I need you to know that I'm right in this dispute and I just think Proverbs the ones I just read you, you know so and so much of it about, is about fighting the instant outrage of our culture you know just your wisdom will make you patient and so much of conflict is not being patient it's it's the the need to instantly respond to something and I think uh, our impatience shows we don't trust God and there's a lot of things in our world right now to get upset about um, right. that can stir this yes. kind of conflict up. So you're getting together with family in the holidays, you know, how, these topics are going to come up. So right. one one way that people handle conflict negatively would be getting super defensive, quick, kind of getting argumentative, quarrelsome there. Another would be just jumping into conflict. Like, we don't need to be having, this is not necessary. Um, and there's some wisdom in just avoiding some conflict that's not but I think sometimes people run to just they want to avoid it because they don't want to deal with if maybe it's a sin issue that needs to be addressed mm. and or maybe somebody's brought it to you and that's not one of those you just go well whatever and you just walk away. Mm. I remember somebody telling me that as uh, early on in marriage that's a terrible word to use in conflict like whatever and then you just walk away from your wife in the midst of conflict. You need to address it. But so if there's sin being addressed in your own heart or that it needs that. It doesn't need to be avoided. You need yeah. to address those things. Yeah, and really to speak to our own peace, like if you haven't seen that uncle in five years, you don't need to know how they feel about the Kyle Rittenhouse case right away. Like, ask about their life. You know, yeah. get get into yeah. some compelling conversations. But we're we're tend to kind of draw into those controversial things, but to kind of show our peace, to show interest in people, and have have conversations there. So you can get defensive. You can. Um, just jump into it inappropriate. Any other ways where you see people just handle conflict poorly? There's a lot of Proverbs about um, how we enjoy conflict. You know, people... So I think that's the one is, do I, do I like hmm. drama? Do I like conflict? <laughs> I mean, that's the stuff that gets... Yeah. That gets views, that gets likes, that gets... That's how people... That's talk radio, that's, that's yeah, your that's news stations. You, you got to you know? keep the conflict going. Right. So uh, twelve Proverbs 12.20, deceit is in the hearts of those who plot evil, but those who promote peace have joy. 17.19, whoever loves a quarrel loves sin. Whoever builds a high gate invites destruction. The, the idea of loving a quarrel, I think I think there's that, 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 that we like to kind of stir it up a little bit. And, yeah. and have some controversy uh, just because we, we like it. So I think that that's... So, so there's plenty of ways people handle it 
poorly. We do that naturally in our own insecurities and defensiveness or just eager to be entertained by the wrong things. Let's just jump right into how does the Bible direct us? Since Mark already read the whole book of Proverbs to us, <laughs> and unpack that. I'm not the only one thinking that. <laughs> that we got tons of uh, guidance in Scripture when it comes to God's people handling conflict. What are some of those? I immediately think of James 1, 19 and 20, like be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. I think anytime conflict arises, uh, we want to be the first to prove our point. And uh, James is just saying, slow down, make sure you're listening, ask good questions to the other person, seek to understand, uh, go into Proverbs. If uh, Mark's probably used these already, but we'll go for it. Uh, Proverbs eighteen thirteen: to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. Mm. Uh, Proverbs twenty nine twenty: do you see someone who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool than for them. And so I just think so much of conflict could be even more, like avoided in a good way if people would simply listen and not just try to get their point across immediately. Mm. It's, yeah, I, I think that well-intentioned Christians feel like they can solve conflict. Like, if I just respond like Jesus, I can fix this. And... It, you know, if I really forgive this person, then we can have a totally restored relationship. Mm. I mean, that sounds so, I mean, you know what I mean? You know, see where I'm going with this is, is that you can, in your desire for there to be peace and right, you know, really, you, you become codependent on a narcissist. <laughs> or so, Do you oh, know what I mean? Like you, there's it's this It's my person, job to fix it. Yeah, it's my job to fix it. And so I sort of get my That's me. Like I mean, like I want I want to head I want to deal with conflict head on. Yeah. And I I don't like there to be the elephant in the room that we're not talking about. So I understand that, like there's uh avoidable conflict. Like you don't need to go there just to have conflict, but when there is, like I want to talk about it um and and kind of face it head on. But okay. do you want to just you just want to fix it and move on though, right? I want right. to fix it. Yeah, and move on. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, like, it's clear on both of those. Like I want to because it's another thing. Like okay, I've got to get this done. Yeah, just another thing to check off the task list almost, rather than sitting in it and maybe the Lord's wow. trying to teach. This feels you like it's it. turning into my counseling session now. <laughs> well, do you Michael think Michael knows me well? My okay, task so list. The the person I have in mind is the person who might be listening to this that feels like they have conflict in their life right now and they live with the guilt of I'm the problem. The reason we can't get past this conflict is because of me and I'm not doing something right. You know what I mean? And so then they, they keep going back. They Most keep... often I think the other person's the problem, but I'm with you. <laughs> Defensiveness. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. You think the other yeah, the other person is the problem. Most most people do think that, but I I I think that this leads to um, where Jesus sometimes I think sometimes is just knowing when to um, walk away from a conflict or a problem. Um, you know that you can 
you can forgive someone and in your heart have no malice against them, but maybe it's good for you just to walk away from that hmm. relationship. I mean, e- even when you think about Titus, where he, he says, hey, if there's a real divisive conflict, st- this person that stirs up conflict all the time and divisiveness, they're like, confront them and then... Kick them out. Yeah. I mean, deal with the that person. Avoid them. Mm-hmm. You know, warn them. And then, yeah. and then avoid them. So I think that, that there is that point where it's like you, you can, if you're in, in this situation of, of real conflict and, and you need to avoid this person, the challenge is, is when it's family, when it's yeah. people you're going to see at Christmas and Thanksgiving. And, and there is a value you know. of just keeping the peace. As much as possible, live at peace with all people. Like there is mm-hmm. a godliness to that. And there is avoidable conflict that there's wisdom in avoiding. And then there's like unavoidable conflict or addressing um, issues that need to be addressed. Matthew 18, it's like, hey, when, when there's sin, when you've been sinned against, go and talk to that person um, and seek to win them. And, and if it doesn't work, get more people involved. Like there is a push, resolve this. Like, mm-hmm. like work, if you got to get the circle bigger, get the circle bigger uh, in order to resolve it. Or in Ephesians 4, when it talks about, you know, be angry, but do not let the sun go down on your anger. There's a certain level of urgency of, hey, if you're really torn up about this, deal with it. Because if you hold on to it or stuff it internally, he goes on to say, like, you're going to give the devil a foothold in your life and grow into bitterness. And we really have to guard against that as well. But when it does come up, how do we handle it? And that's when I, hopefully the fruit of the Spirit comes out. And, um, you uh, might have read this before, Proverbs 15:1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. Like, are you able to uh, give a soft answer? Are you able to be gentle enough? Yeah, I was I was thinking about that Ephesians 4 passage, and at the beginning of it, it talks about make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of the peace. And so, like, you're that's the beginning of that whole not giving the devil a foothold. Like, you're making every single effort that you have to just keep this bond of peace. Not to just keep it, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um just everything rosy and nice and neat, but like the bond of peace to maintain, yeah, that's an incredible goal yeah. for everybody believer to look at. Do out you for. guys agree with this distinction that I've heard between, you know, they talk about peacekeepers and peacemakers? You know, there's peacekeepers are the people who avoid conflict. They don't want to, they just want to keep the peace. And so these massive, obvious sin issues or issues of conflict. They just want to not talk about it. We just keep the peace. And that's different from, you know, peacemakers. Peacemakers move toward conflict and deal with it. They they make peace, in a sense, yeah. by addressing conflict. And so I think those are the two, maybe, the thing started with the Proverbs on avoid strife, avoid, just, just avoid the conflict. And you're kind of pushing back, saying, well, sometimes you got to move toward it. And you can yeah. fall into that peacekeeper ditch of, I don't want to talk about it. Sure. Depending on the circles yeah. and the relationships you have, sometimes people can be afraid of conflict and you avoid it when conflict is a part of life. It's going to happen uh, within your a marriage, a family, friendships, coworkers. Um, it's just when it happens, are we uniquely Christian in the gentleness of our speech? Are we quick to forgive? Are we? Um, do we go to God's word? Are we kind to one another, those kind of things. Like when it comes up, the way that we handle conflict should say something about our faith. 
Yeah, that that Ephesians four three that I mentioned earlier. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. It's not make every effort to keep the bond of peace, but keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. So the the goal isn't just to maintain peace, but the unity of the spirit. So going back to kind of that peacemaker, peacekeeper thing. You're not just keeping peace, but you are keeping the unity of the spirit that's there. Yeah, and one sad thing I think in our culture right now that's seen even within the church is the idea that it's not okay to disagree on some things or we make it a bigger deal than it is. Like we could sit and have a conversation, disagree about something, still show kindness, still show respect, still be brothers in Christ, and it doesn't have to be this major conflict. It's so fascinating now because these the you know that they talk about tribalism you know people are forming tribes but but also what's bringing unity in our culture are anti tribes you know there's tribes and the anti tribes are the enemy of my enemy is my friend mm. what brings us together is sort of this dark fellowship of a <laughs> we, mutual hatred of yeah. this person you we're know? both disgusted about actually. yes yeah. yes we're both disgusted so we have unity in this well. But now it's getting down into, over the last year and a half, like these micro tri- tribes and anti-tribes, where it's like you could have, you could have very um, like-minded. This, these people maybe a few years ago would have been very like-minded, politically say, yeah. but now are like in the same party but very divided on these really like micro issues. Which um, even breaks relationship over these micro issues. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I... And so I, I just, um, yeah, I think that you're asking a, hu- a super important question is how do we get past that? Mm. That, that can't be, the, that's how the world does it. That well, cannot be the way we as believers do it. Right. This. The world is so quick to cancel people. Right. One of the one another commands that Christians are given are bear with one another. Like, right. Hey, it, relationships are hard. There's going to be different. Just bear with one another. It's kind of what Paul's telling like. I know it's difficult. Long suffer with one another. Um, yep. And what's the uh, Colossians three? Bear with one another and forgive one another. If any of you has has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Yep. So it's the bear with one another because the Lord, He was bearing with you, like in the midst of your sin. That's what Jesus did for you. So like we need to demonstrate that same thing to other people. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in a if you are in one of those conversations about say politics or whatever the thing is. I I love to ask questions and just find out what what yeah, that's so fascinating. Tell me more about that. What's how did you get into this thing that you're super into right now? <laughs> and and asking questions and that's your quick to listen James one thing. Mm-hmm. I think is 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 turn your anger to interest mm-hmm. and just try to understand you know, my neighbor was coming in hot with a bunch of, you know, hot takes on all the cultural things. And he's like, man, if everyone just would have done what we needed to do, you know, back in March of 2020, this virus wouldn't be here anymore. You know, if we just would have all followed the rules, you know, and, and they had just gone on a trip to wherever, California (laughs) and all that, but just, just listening and, and listening to, well, tell me more about that. Yeah. What's, and what you find out and underneath, there's some serious, like health issues that mm. they have in their family that it's like, man, can I pray for you? Yeah. I mean, turn the turn it to interest in, and even like, man, that's empathy. Mm-hmm. Just sure. basic human empathy, I think. So families getting together over the holidays, 
one dynamic is sometimes you get together with family and everybody's a believer. And sometimes you get together with family and not everybody there is a follower of Jesus. Should believers handle conflict differently with other believers than they handle conflict with unbelievers? Well, I think I think your approach to it for sure is probably going to be different in the sense that if you're with believers, like at least you have a common point of truth that you can both go back to. Um, hopefully, God's glory is the end goal of it all. So you're not only fighting, hopefully, in a similar way with the same um, baseline, but you're also going after the same thing. So I think maybe this is a terrible practical advice, but just lower your expectations a little bit. <laughs> it's key <laughs> when, to happiness. Yeah, uh, when you're when you're dealing with conflict with non-believers, I'm not saying that that conflict can't be resolved by any stretch of the imagination, but you're going at you're going to go at it differently. You're going to go after maybe a different goal than even they would go at it. So don't go in it with the same mindset. Mm. So I say, yeah, there's probably a little bit of a different approach. What do you think? Well, I think there are certain things, whether you're talking to a believer or not a believer, be slow to speak, be kind, be gentle, be forgiving. Like all those things should still exist. Um, but like Michael pointed out, I would feel more liberty to push on a believer. Like, you know, let's go to God's word. Like, let's let's resolve this. If not, let's bring in more people to like we're, we need to mm-hmm. fight for the unity in the spirit that we have. Um, so I might feel more permission um, I go to First Corinthians six and wondering, like, when he's talking about Paul's talking about lawsuits, where he's saying, mm-hmm. you know, we got believers suing each other. He says something interesting and challenging, like, isn't it better just to suffer? Like, just, just take it on the chin. Of maybe there's times with, boy, if pressing this issue with the believer is going to uh, defame God or or break the fellowship maybe it's just shut my mouth and um take it on the chin in in that sense i'm not quite sure if that's apples to apples there but paul does point out like hey if it's believers handled in the household of god don't bring it out into the to the public square yeah i definitely think there's a difference uh you in how you handle conflict with brothers and sisters in christ versus unbelievers you know should uh, reconciliation with believers should be, I mean, communion, we share from one loaf, yeah. you know, one, the breaking of bread and, and that unity that comes at the communion table. I think that was part of the issue in the Corinthian churches, the divisions that were happening. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I do think it is different. Perhaps even with a greater boldness for resolution or saying, hey, we're going to call right. it sin right. in this situation. Right. Um, yeah, for sure. Let's get practical. So our people going into holiday season, everybody's trigger finger is, I mean, high sensitivity, ton of issues that cause division. Um, What's some practical advice um, to be uniquely Christian uh, when it, when conflict arises? As a, as a church, uh, we've been memorizing some of Galatians 5, <clears throat> and as a, as a staff, we were talking on Monday about the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 22 and 23, you know, fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is something that every believer has access to, 
And so when you go into a Christmas gathering and you think, I just can't be kind to that uncle or I can't be patient with that cousin, no, you can if you depend on the Spirit. You have access to patience and kindness and love and joy and self-control as you enter into those conflicts. Now, if you try to do it on your own, like it's, you're going to struggle. You're going to fail because that's not the gospel. But when you trust the God's Holy Spirit dwelling within you, when you step into those conversations, you can be quick to listen because you're self-controlled, because you're allowing the Spirit to work through you. So uh, don't go into it saying, well, I just can't deal with this person today or this week or at this gathering. You can because mm. of the God's Holy Spirit dwelling within you. I think that's, I love the way you put it, like, I just can't deal with that. And we live in a world where every you know, therapist guru is going to tell you, you need to eliminate toxic relationships in your life. You, you don't need to do that. But as a follower of Christ, it's like, no, you can love your enemies. You can long suffer. You can, you can deal with that uncle or that cousin, and you can do it joyfully. Um, so that's, that's a good word. Yeah, I think what makes us different as believers is love. We have love, and I think that that when Paul describes love, I mean, he could have put anything. Love is, I mean, what's the very first thing he puts? Love is patient. I, I think that's my advice, mm-hmm. is patience, and patience requires time. I think time sorts out so many things. I mean, even the way the Bible talks about, there's not language like doing a daily devotional, but I think the most parallel language to that is wait for the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's like I wait for the Lord, and in His Word I put my hope. Just the idea of waiting. I spent some time this morning with the Lord waiting. I was waiting for the Lord. And I think that that, that the spirit of our age is instant outrage. Mm. I'm instantly angered by what you just said because this terrible injustice that you need to know about and you don't care about and, you know, or whatever. I think that, or you're so wrong. And I mean, we live in an age where everybody thinks everybody else believes conspiracy theories. Mm. (laughs) And if you disagree with me, you believe a conspiracy theory. And I think that that kind of instant judgment and instant anger and outrage is the spirit of our age that is not the spirit of Jesus. The spirit of Jesus is patience mm. and slow to anger, abounding in love. That's what God is like. And so I think that that just giving, it's okay for things, for time to happen. And I, I, I like the, you know, you talk about Ephesians where he says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Mm. Like if you have sin in your heart, you should go right away mm. and apologize. Be quick to confess yeah, if you're holding on to the anger. Yes. Like, if you go home and you're just playing that conversation over and over again in your head and now you're winning all the time, yeah. don't don't stuff that. Mm-hmm. Don't deal with it. What's what's yours? Um, I think that conflict's going to happen. It's, it's a part of life. And you don't have to have your opinions validated as a follower of Jesus. But you do have to follow Jesus and be kind, um, patient, gentle. Um, we tell people getting married sometimes in, in pre-marriage uh, classes that 
listen, you don't need a good husband to be a good wife. And you don't need a good wife to be a good husband. Those are these contractional relationships. Like you can be a really good husband with a bad wife or a really good wife with a bad husband. Or you can be a godly husband with a bad Mm -hmm. wife. And you can be a godly Christian at your Thanksgiving or Christmas gathering when everybody else is toxic or mean. Um, Like you don't have to fall into that. So I would go into, my advice would say, like, don't enter those discussions (laughs) or arguments wanting to win. Enter those discussions wanting to represent Jesus well. Mm -hmm. If, If you don't convince them of your viewpoint, at least convince them of your character and let that shine through. Can you drop these mics? Uh, so Veritas, it's not a matter. I hope you have an awesome holiday season and I hope you have a great time with your family. And if there's not conflict in those times, there's bound to be conflict uh, at home at another time or in your job. Or if you attend Veritas Cedar Rapids and I'll say Iowa City too, because I know Mark, you'd say you've told this to us. Uh, we promise we'll disappoint you. <laughs> like there's going to come a time you're even disappointed with your church or this conflict in your church. Um, we're not afraid of it, uh, and, and we would just uh, hope and pray that we handle it like followers of Jesus. Yeah, can I pray for... Yeah, that'd be awesome. pray Because you know I'm going to take this podcast and we're going to post it and say it's a Veritas <laughs> Iowa City podcast. There you go. So, uh, yeah, this is great to be a part of this. Lord, I want to just come to you and just thinking about um, this conversation, and there's so many aspects to this, so much complexity and relationships, and and um, God, thanks for your word to help us navigate um, these these challenges, that just pray that your word would be a lamp to our feet and light up our path, that someone who's listening to this that, that is in, in conflict that just seems impossible to resolve, um, Lord, I pray that you will give them the spirit of Jesus, the ability to pray as you taught us to pray, that you would forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, and that um, you will give um, us the ability to forgive and um, the the trust, the dependence on you, that where we don't get our identity from being right and having others be able to affirm that in us, but our, our identity comes from you. So just Free us, Lord, as we trust in you, and, and just that, that people, uh, if there's someone listening right now that, that just feels like, yeah, they're in an impossible situation, give them hope, Lord, mm-hmm. as they turn their eyes to you, and just to wait for you, and, and that you will give them signs of your goodness, and that you see them, and you understand um, their heart, and their desire for healing, and for peace, and Lord, we just, we pray that, that um, yeah, Veritas, Cedar Rapids, Iowa City, we will be salt and light as we scatter to the ends of the earth and go back to family and uh, over the holidays and everything, or host family, just that people will see Christ in us, as Jake, as Jake shared. We just pray this in your name. Amen. 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 All right, I love you guys. <laughs>